I get up early on the days I'm going to be here and sharing reflections. And so I was listening to a Dhamma talk by Lungkarpasano and the wind gusted like 30, 40 miles an hour and all the bright, beautiful leaves were flowing and the rain was pouring and was really enjoying it. And I just heard that up the street, a tree had fallen and uh, broken a balcony of a house or apartment building or something. That's like mother nature, you know, it's, you don't know what's going to happen and you can be enjoying something and somebody else can be in pain for the same exact same event. And the Dhamma talk that I was listening to this, this morning, Lungparpasana was sharing just during Katina, which they just finished. Um, for those who might not know what Katina is, it's a once a year celebration where lay people come and, and it's quite a big deal, come and offer support to help the monastics make it through the next year. And he was talking about conversation. I'm trying to think, get this right. It was something in the suttas where somebody came to the Buddha. Oh, it was the person who became in charge of the responsibilities that he left as a prince in the worldly life that he left. So somebody else had to be assigned the duties. And so this person came to the Buddha one day and oh, was, you know, had, had taken up the Buddhist um, practice. They didn't call it Buddhism in those days, but had taken up the uh, practice and was working hard at it. And had come to the Buddha worried that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best that I'm quite nervous about if I find myself getting run over by a, you know, wild elephant or walk out in front of a running horse or something and, and, and die. I'm afraid of, you know, my, my, where I'm at with my practice that I won't have the mindfulness to place my mind in a wholesome place because supposedly I don't, you know, I can't speak from experience in this case, but supposedly when uh, we die, our mind moment at the time of death is going to lead us into our next life. And so he was, he was quite worried that he didn't have the um, strength that he, could, he was, couldn't be mindful in every moment. And so if he was, you know, got struck by lightning or something, he died unexpectedly he was afraid of where he would go in his next life. And the Buddha said, the Buddha's response was, according to Lumpurpasana, <laughs> the Buddha's response was, you don't, don't, don't worry about it. You are practicing, you're putting a lot of effort into recognizing your own responsibility for suffering, for anger, for jealousy for, you know, whatever, you're paying attention, you're reflecting and you're working on it. So the amount of effort you're putting into that, you can think of it 
like a clay pot full of oil on a ship that gets dumped over, falls to the bottom, breaks, and all the oil rises to the surface. That's like your body. It's going to break apart. And the goodness is going to rise to the surface. You will... You have nothing to worry about. So I really, I like this because, you know, so many times we can think, oh, I'm not a stream mentor. You know, I might be born, come back as a dog. <laughs> you know, I remember once uh, in my, I had a three and a half year study program with Ajahn Lungkarpasano and Ajahn Amro. And uh, one, of the, one of the other lay ministers to be, had asked, you know, um, I'm same kind of question. I'm really quite concerned. I'm not a stream mentor yet. I don't know if I'll be able to stay on the path if I happen to get suddenly, you know, run over by a bus and die. I'm, I'm afraid of where I'm going to go. And Lumpur response was, the same kind of thing. Don't worry about it. It's like a tree that's leaning over a stream. And when it breaks and falls, it falls into the stream. And that's what we're working with is to get into the stream. And that stream takes you. So he, he was saying that um, stream entry is attained by, uh, I mean, you want to enter the stream of Dhamma so that you only have seven more lifetimes, but your, your aim is for breaking free of our inability to not identify with this diluted state, our ego and, you know, not... So this, the stream of Dhamma helps you to break free of that. And it's a gradual maturity. So you don't have to worry if you really are working hard at recognizing, you know, the wholesome, the true, the um, to recognize the, the responsibility of virtue, the responsibility of not of our own suffering, that it's not out here. It doesn't mean that we aren't incredibly uncomfortable with circumstances, you know, and, and uh, we can be very sad and quite nervous about what's going on in our environment. But what we do is we reflect on while we're feeling that this, discomfort and um, fear, rather than blaming and trying to accuse somebody else for our suffering, a person that's leaning into the Dhamma is going to reflect on what am I doing? What am I doing that's making me suffer? Why am I angry? What's making me angry? Oh, I'm angry. And so we start, paying, we start reflecting. We start paying attention to what's the cause of my suffering. And say it's anger. 
we don't like the way our environment, where our environment is heading right now. Maybe it's in our neighborhood, maybe it's in our workplace, maybe it's um, in our family gatherings, whatever it is, we can, what we do when we go, when we point away from the stream is we find somebody to blame for making us misery. It's Uncle Joe. Damn, I hate listening to him. I don't have an Uncle Joe, by the way. <laughs> but, oh, I just don't, I can't, I don't, I don't want to have to have Thanksgiving dinner with Uncle Joe. He'll be there and it'll be so upsetting. You know, his views are wrong. They're bad. I don't understand how anybody could listen to him. He's going to get my aunt all riled up, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, that's where we go when we go away from the stream. When we're going into the stream, when we're pointing over the stream, leaning over the stream or in the stream, we reflect on the, the origination. What's, well, I'm, I'm upset right now. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off at Uncle Joe. What is, what does that feel like? Why am I pissed off at him? Oh, because his views really scare me. So we start to reflect. I'm actually scared, which makes me mad because if his views come true, I don't like the way people, certain people will be um, <coughs> treated, say. And that just makes me, that just pisses me off. It pisses me off because I'm scared. I don't want that kind of reality. So we start, okay. I see the origination of my suffering here. It's I'm scared and I'm headed away from the Dhamma by blaming somebody else for my fear. Now that the cause is there, you know, that's, oh, that's, that's too, I understand that's fearful. You know, that, I mean, that's what I would tell myself. Okay, that is scary if that came to be. So, do I want to feed into that, encourage this person by fighting with them? Or do I want to, and, and thus add to the fear and anger in the world, in my environment? Or do I want to see if there's a way out of my suffering and add into the world a sense of peace? Add into the environment, in this case, at the dining room table to a sense of peace. I, I want to actually add to peace. Okay, all right. So what do I do? You know, oh, relax the body. Go into the body, relax the body, because when we're angry, we're tensed up. What can I relax? What's tense? What can I, ooh, my jaw. <laughs> I'm relax my jaw. When I do that, I kind of take a deep breath. And there's Uncle Joe, he's still, he's still talking. I'm not gonna to listen to it right now. I'm going to listen to my own body, to my own ability to calm down. I'm not entering the fight. Fighting, in the, if I were to fight, I would be doing it from a place of anger. 
and I'm not gonna add anger. I'm going to add peace. And I don't mean that I need to be responsible for the peace out there for other people. I'm going to make my world and I am in this environment a place of calmness. Oh, how do I do that? Relax the body. And as we turn our attention, now this is turning our attention to the Dhamma. So we're either in the stream or we're leaning over the stream. As we turn our attention to the body, what's going on in us, we're not feeding into this anger over here. We're not feeding into this other person's world that's where that person's suffering. We're turning our attention to calming the body, calming the body, breathing smoothly. We're directing the minds. In, in my training times, somebody once also asked the question of what does a um, what to Lumpurpasana? What does an enlightened being think? Lumpurpasana was very quick with this one. Because an enlightened being thinks whatever he, he or she wants to think. <laughs> now imagine if you could think anything you wanted to think, if you could always direct the mind to where you wanted it to go. Now, that's an enlightened being, a fully enlightened being. That's where we're headed. That's where this practice, the Buddha says, every one of us can go there. We can reach, we can, we, we can re lean over the Dhamma. We can intentionally train the mind to lean into the Dhamma so that when we die, that's where we go. Splash into the stream. If we're not already there, if we're already there, I don't know where we go. <laughs> But it's probably pretty damn good. <laughs> so that's paying attention to understanding the cause. And the only way to understand it is to reflect, bring the reflection into your own heart and mind. So understanding the cause, seeing it, recognizing what is the allure to go off the trail of Dhamma, the stream of Dhamma. What's the allure? There's always this little allure. So say, you know, Uncle Joe says something and I'm upset with him. I see, okay, I see the arising of my suffering is due to my fear and my fear leads me my reaction to being afraid is anger okay and now i'm suffering because i'm angry so i see the cause what's the allure of of that anger and if you i'm, I'm going to assume i'm not going to assume i'm going to bet <laughs> that every one of us in this room can think of can bring their mind to a place where they were angry at somebody and can taste that little sweetness of righteousness. Damn you, I know better than that. I wouldn't do that. You shouldn't do it either. You know, it's a righteousness. There's a sweetness. That's not the only 
author, but that's one I can identify. I think all of us might be able to identify rather simply. But there's a righteousness in this. And I'm going to prove you wrong. Nobody should listen to you. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay, there's the allure. Now, pay attention to what that feels like. <laughs> Suffering. That actually doesn't feel very good. I want to feel good. I don't want to add more anger or suffering to the world. Bringing our attention back. We see the allure. We feel the suffering. When we feel and recognize that we're suffering through our self-reflection, it brings up dispassion. And that is the escape. I, I don't want to do this. Uncle Joe, it's not worth it to me to go into this fight. Yeah. I, I can bring a better, I mean, I'm not going to say this to Uncle Joe, but I'm saying this to myself. I'm, no, I'm not interested in going there because that's too painful. You know, blaming you for my fear and then my anger, that doesn't work. And it doesn't end. It creates more. Oh, well, how do it end? I don't have to do this. I don't have to enter the fight. Yeah. When he says, when he talks like this, I'm afraid. But I don't have to get mad. I don't have to blame him for me being afraid. So as I calm down in the body, breathe, breathe, relax, relax, let go. As I calm down, I'm giving, I'm being present in the world from a place of calmness, a place of I'm not going in, I'm not entering the fight. Now, from there, when we do this, we can see so much uh, more clearly, if that makes sense. We can see clearly options of how to be present in the room, you know, start playing with the child, interacting with the child, uh, go and help in the kitchen, compliment somebody on the dinner, just put in some positive, some beauty into the environment. We have all many, all sorts of options that we don't see when we're pissed off and we're aiming it at somebody else because they're to blame. We can't see it because that's where our energy is going. When things are not clear to us, but when we pay attention to our own origination of, of suffering, recognize it, feel it, what the allure, know what's, why we would even go there, feel what that tastes like, recognize that I want to go there. This is, this is uncomfortable. This is not fun. This is dispassion. Then it, it's the escape and we can see more clearly. So we take a different path, path of goodwill, the packet, 
the path of kindness. And that might not include Uncle Joe. It might include Uncle Joe, but that might be, we might be too hot. We might not have yet the strength to bring him into it without getting upset. So also watch for that. You know, that it might be too big of a hook. Um, but when, as we do this, we're training our mind to focus on Dhamma as opposed to focusing on our hatred, our greed, our delusions. We're focusing on Dhamma. We're focusing on our ability to see our own responsibility. You know, the days and nights are ceaselessly passing. How am I spending my time? Am I spending it by going out of the Dhamma or going toward the Dhamma, at least leaning over it? It's a, it's a um, valuable exercise to do every moment we can remember to do, you know, to turn toward the Dhamma. <laughs>